Good evening, the Suffolk Ram. Skazius. Welcome to episode 140 of the Radnets podcast. No, I have to ask because I ask every time, is it really 140? Yeah, it is 140. Oh, wow. You know how we joked that episode 150, we'd have to go to um, Chernobyl, but we'd have to be in all protective gear and so forth. <laughs> That's pretty much leaving our houses, <laughs> isn't it? Yeah, exactly. We didn't need to worry about going to Chernobyl for that, for that fantasy to come true, did we? It's like, oh, wow. It's probably safer in Chernobyl than it is on the streets around here right now. Social distancing is easier to imagine, Chernobyl. I mean, <laughs> and those mutants are probably safe from it, you know, so... No, mate, they're all having hardcore raids and stuff in Chernobyl yeah, right now. Exactly, they're fine, they're loving it. I've played Stalker, I know how it is. Yeah. Good old Stalker. Good old Stalker, I love Stalker. It's one of my favourite game series of all time. Even if, they, even if they all are really, really ropey and bad and... and fall apart at the slightest hint of actually trying to do what they're meant to do. Isn't it fantastic? Have you ever played a Stalker game? Um, I have the Stalker games. I never really got hardcore into them, though. I do yeah. know that the studio behind them is a bunch of wankers, or the head of the yeah. studio is a right bastard. He is a bit, I've heard. And, and when they all sort of disappeared off, all the sort of projects they've done since have all been pretty crap. Well, didn't they? No, weren't they? What oh, except for Metro. Which I'm pretty sure is a spin-off from Stalker as well. It's in Did they devs. Metro? I'm pretty sure some of the devs from Met- on Metro from Stalker with Stalker devs. I'm pretty. I'm, they might be. Ace percent sure. I mean, it's, obviously Metro's got nothing to do with Stalker, mm. but I'm pretty sure some of the devs from Stalker's the company, which was uh, GSC, I think it was GSC or GSG, something like that, uh, basically went kaput. And they all moved on. They all made like other, and all the games they made are basically Stalker version two. There is supposedly another Stalker game coming. Oh, mm-hmm. there was a, a that's the, unfortunate. Um, <laughs> well, uh, what's it? The um, publisher owns rights. Someone notices that Stalker, the Stalker Free domain name, got bought up mm-hmm. and no longer available. Oh, so right. about a year and a, that's about a couple of years ago I heard that, so that is Stalker, so it'll probably take another ten years to get released anyway. Fantastic. So so, so. But how have you been to this week, Skaz? Oh uh, yeah. yeah. Quarantine. Mm. I had a KFC today. That's the highlight. Wow, you've so did how well, wow. Well they, de- you... they deliver, don't they? Are they now delivering? Yeah. So if you go to, um, if you search for KFC Lowestoft, uh, it'll take you to the KFC main website, and it'll say, uh, search in your area, like type in for the, a KFC restaurant in your area, and then they'll say, by the way, due to current situation, you can now order food through Deliveroo or Uber Eats. Well, it's funny you say it, because I looked at Deliveroo, at and they Deliveroo, went on there Deli- Right, Deliveroo won't deliver anyway to us. Uber Eats will. Ah. Ah. I'm going to be having a KFC soon, then, that's for certain. (laughs) Good job. (laughs) Yeah. But I've had some excitement this week, and actually excitement today. Oh, really? Yeah, in fact, I'm going to read it up soon, because I'm going to move the camera so you can see what my excitement's all about. There we go. Oh, wrong way. Ah. Ta-da! Ta-da! Oh, hello. Oh, you went, with, you went with the warthog. I went with the warthog, yeah. Oh, blimey, where's the stick at? Oh, my God. 
I, I, I take the, uh, the, the label off to make sure don't screw us up the wrong way round. Don't fuck this up, labels. I've got to take them off. <laughs> but my, do you know what? This blood, I mean, oh, that weighs an absolute ton. That's, that is the hot ass that I wanted to get, but there's no way in hell I'll be able to afford it. Yeah, well, this is only because I've had like a load of bills paid simultaneously. So because of that, I've been able to, like, right, I've had, I've, and because I've basically managed to defer, because before I got back, put furloughed, I deferred all my loans, everything. Yeah. Because I didn't know how I was going to be furloughed for. Then I got de-furloughed. It's like, oh, I'm back to normal now. But these loans have all gone through, which means I've got basic, I'm basically now, for the next three months, like £600 better off. Congratulations. Yeah. So I'm going to do things. So I'm, making, I'm basically using this opportunity to sort of get my finance under control. So um, I, I used to live a bit in my overdraft. I wanted to get out of the overdraft and basically get round. But I thought, well, well, you know how long I've been eyeing up the, the, a hotas for. Yeah, about, about, about years, the same two... amount of time. No, I've been looking at... Um, I've been eyeing up the Hotas longer than you have, which is funny. Mm. Um, but yeah, for, probably good, for a good few years in your case. Yeah, a good three or four years. And I was like... I, 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 I vaguely remember talking about the Warthog on like an early round nerd. So now I'm like, what was well, yeah, so it? We, like... were, we were both talking about wanting to play stuff like Elite Dangerous, but it just doesn't yeah. feel right without a Hotas. Yeah, so I thought, fuck it. I'm buying a Hotas. I bought one this week. It got delivered today. I've already fired up Elite. How does it feel? Not. I do you know what? It's it's just a complete different experience. I've got. No, I have a joystick before with a throttle control on it, but the old one, the throttle controls on the joystick as well. So your hands are like pure oh, sure, on the audio, but your hand is your left hand's like behind. So it feels very weird, mm-hmm. and it feels very hard to control it. So I because I, so I was very I struggle with combat in Elite because you have to really control your photo and it's really hard to sort of do it as well as your joystick when they're so close together. But I did a combat mission. I did a little like there's like practice combat mission you can do. Uh, which I just want to try and see how I got on. Not, I've not done any configuration of this at all. I'm just using the default key, con key fix, so they're not telling how I'd have it laid out. Yeah. But I was so much better at it. Even though like I've not touched the game probably about a year because I just had so much finer control. The like fo- the throttle's the big thing actually. If you because you control your throttle so much to do your dog fighting and so forth. Yeah. Just had a little control. It was yeah. So I can't wait. I just need to sit down and actually configure it all properly because obviously a lot of the switches on it are toggle yeah. switches rather than push and obviously the game doesn't quite recognise that mm-hmm. but you can but it comes with software basically in like the old days the old keyboards where you can have like little macros in them yeah same sort of dealio you can actually say okay when I put this switch pretend it's a button press okay cool and just pretend it's burn instead you can do that sort of stuff with it so I just need to sit down and actually work out how I want the, the control and then just configure it all, program it all, and then I'll be able to have it as I want. But yeah, it's been, it was pretty amazing. And I'm going to um, uh, invest in MechWarrior 5 as well. I'll pick go. that up as well, yeah. I, I want to get MechWarrior 5, I just want to get Half-Life out. The reason I'm other, now you're going to like this today, this got delivered today as well, because for Oculus Swift, as you know, mm-hmm. But I want to get a third sensor for it, so it gets full 360-degree tracking. But the trouble is, my Kapoo's only got eight, eight USB ports, which is frankly abysmal. No, I agree. Yeah, eight USB ports is nothing these days. My old one had had 14. Mm-hmm. So this is... This, uh, but it was, it was just a case to go for So I thought, oh, I bought myself a new USB card, peripheral that plugs into your PCI Express SOT. Yeah. I have never encountered what they sent today. So it came with a box, I opened the box up, and it came with a screwdriver. It's like, oh, fantastic. That's nice. Marvelous. It is. Ah, 
you know, like this. And I'm going to get used to describe to the viewers, the audio viewers, what you can see. Uh, oh yeah, that's your um, that's your bracket. So it's the PCB board with the USB headers on it, but the uh, the bracket, the mounting bracket, isn't actually attached. No, you've got. I've never had build your own card. I've never had one like that. I've had them come in with the the card complete, but then come with a separate bracket for low profile. New, new, new. I've got to build the card myself. There you go. Congratulations. I've, I've never, I've never had assemble your own, your own card. I've never had that before. So, but yeah. So I've, I'll, that's hence why my little USB and my little screwdriver, and my two little screws. Fantastic. Yes, but I've got to, I'm at that stage now. It's the brave stage of okay. Now I need to actually open the PC up. Oh, you'll love it. Yeah, but it's a bit. It's pretty. It's a bit of nervous. Like, okay, I've put this in. Will this still work? Or I switch it back on again? Well, you hope. Uh, yeah. Have you it's made like, sure you know, to check that uh, the card is compatible? Yeah, I checked all that. Oh, good, good. All fine, all seeing, all dancing. Um, it's not the one I wanted. Because there's two versions. This is, because um, the thing about Oculus Rift's um, sensors, they ideally want a driver. For, per, they want to be split one sensor per driver. Mm-hmm. So you really want, a, if you're going to have like a four-way USB, you really want four drivers. Yeah. Form rather than one, which they mostly do. You can't get four-way drivers on, but a four-way driver USB card's one hundred and twenty pounds. Yeah, good job. With, with each this one's twenty pounds. Yeah, I, yeah. So I, I went for the single drivers. Like, oh, I'll just use. I'll just spread them across the whole machine. Yeah, why not? So, yeah. Couple here, couple so, there. Nah, I'll be fine. Yeah, we only need um, three. I ironically, the Oculus head. The headset doesn't only need a basic uh, connector because it's just for audio. Oh, fair enough. USB, yeah. The USB is for audio on the headset and power, and the um, but the cool the, the video stuff comes through your video card connection. Oh, so it's only audio for it goes through the USB, so you don't need anything fancy for that. And it's just sensors the the dedicated ones because they're obviously processing a lot of data through very quickly. Sure. So, hence why it's a card. But yeah, because then I want to get I want to get Half Life Alex, and then you'll love it. You'll be you'll be so happy with VR that you'll explode. But of course, what else does VR work with? Elite Dangerous. There you go. So you can have, now. The question is: Will you live stream your VR experience of Elite Dangerous, or could do? Could do. Why not? Hey, why not? Get it done. Right, so, guys, let me see someone who's not very good at Elite Dangerous to play Elite Dangerous but in see, VR you headsets. Don't, you don't know that, though, do you? Because you've never played with a Hotas before. That is true, but, you know, you can have the best tools in the world. It doesn't make you that. The tools help, but they don't make you the master. No, they, they don't. People, but, then, but then actually they having a proper keyboard. Yeah. It, it makes you more involved in the experience, doesn't it? Because mm. you. You feel more like part of the experience when you're using it. You feel more like you're actually in well, I control. Just, I just find it's more intuitive. I mean, playing Elite Dangerous is not a game that you should play with mouse and keyboard. Um, which, actually, should we tail this into games we've been playing? Yes, uh, why not? I've been playing the Call of Duty equivalent of Elite Dangerous. Oh, Affinity? Yeah, Inf- Infinite, Infinite Warfare. Infinite Warfare. Um, ah. I'm not going to go a, a huge amount into... Uh, into the game to be fair is standard fair Call of Duty you know run around centre screen click enemy dies job done (laughs) 
grenade spamming constantly uh you know run for cover even when you're in cover the enemies know exactly where you are 50 grenades fly in your general direction you explode you're dead respawn try again um is isn't infinity i can't want to call it infinity war but it's not isn't that the one that was like sourcing us all the the sort of like scrappy cousin of the family that it's not that well liked overall um that was so you've got call of duty ghosts which was everyone hated apparently for reasons i can't quite figure out because i've never played it and yeah call of duty infinite warfare was the bastard child of the, the family as as well as ghosts uh, just because it took place so far in the future uh yeah. now i will be honest uh i kind of agree with people that it's not really a cod game uh, or it doesn't feel much like a COD. I mean, it does. It's center screen and click, like every other COD game before it. Um, and you can see all of the little extra bits that they've picked up from other Call of Duty games. So, uh, for example, like um, certain mines or uh, bombs or, or breaching charges, uh, the the model comes from Advanced Warfare. They've just reused it and given it a different job. Uh, like the double jump kind of exosuit stuff um, and the wall running mechanics from other games have made their way into kind of infinite warfare as well um, but uh, the, the main disconnect I think for a lot of people is it takes place so far into the future you just you can't relate to it you just it doesn't I mean you know I understand that you could say can't, we can't really relate to World War Two because it happened so long ago, but at least it's the places are grounded in somewhere that yeah. I can go to. I can see it. I can see the impact of it. Uh, and a gun's a gun at the end of the day. You know, a gun from World War Two. You see modern guns. You know, there's the priests. It has a there's a family tree there, isn't there? Yeah. But, Whereas in the future, you don't have that. Yeah, I mean, I mean, you can like, you can still see like, oh, this is the equivalent of whatever gun from the previous game, but it's like, but it's so far off. You're like, why does this function like this? Why does it look like this? How come this is a thing? Um, the trick for it is, it's it's Earth versus Mars. The, the, folk, is. The, the folks on Mars have decided they're declaring war on Earth. They think that everything about the Earth is just old hat. They don't want any anything born of Earth needs to die, basically. I love that. So it turns up in so many series. It turns up in The Expanse. It turns up in 40K. Mm-hmm. 40, um, I can't wait enough. There's loads. It's just like Earth Martian, and Mars going. Martian success it? in the Deshiko. Uh, yeah. Um, and loads of other stuff. But it's, it's, it's derpy. Um, so there's there's your kind of there's your story there, Earth versus Mars, and then you have um, the so the Elite Dangerous link is that you fly around in spaceships for certain missions. So you have kind of like Elite Dangerous style space combat, but it's kind of the controls are super dumbed down because obviously you're on a control pad. I was going to say, is it arcade controls, or is it like... Because Elite Dangerous obviously got Newtonian physics, so, you know, like, you, does it does it make you fly like an aeroplane? Does it make you fly like a spaceship? Well, it wants you to think that you're flying like a mixture of the two, but because it's so automatic, you know, because it's so, I'll, I'll hold your hands and fly, you don't even really 
you know, you don't really even think about it. However, when you are in space, it's nice to be able to pivot on a center point and and pick people off and, and blast around. And another weird mechanic to it is, um, I don't know if you've played many games like it, where, um, so you end up with key missions, and then you have side missions. And if you do the, so each mission has a probability. And if you do, so look, if you look at the main mission, it says you've got 75% chance of success. If you then go through and do a bunch of the side missions, the probability, the rate of success will go up as you complete side missions for the main mission. So you could have to, you know, you'll go and uh, kill a Martian council or whatever, you know. All of a sudden, it turns out those three guys are actually also kind of in charge of one of the main space bases you've got to handle in the main story. So their defences are down. You take, that's neat. You that's take that's out not a, the idea. You take out a bunch of ace pilots that are guarding an, another spaceship somewhere on another side mission. They can't come and back up the folks on the main story either. So there's loads of like there's little bits like that yeah. that I haven't seen in other Call of Duty games. But, um, I, but think, um, I think I think Armor did a similar thing actually. I vaguely remember Armor having like little side missions where you go you had like your main same thing your main missions but side missions if you completed them would make the main mission easier yeah i think i had some no idea because it, it it seemed it seemed pretty neat uh, mechanically it was kind of fun uh but like i said the, the story was just so far in the future i just couldn't give a toss and you know call of duty games they always they always try and shock you with something like i don't know a main character dies you know nuke goes off betrayal or something like that once you see it happen in every other call of duty game you're just not you're not shocked or surprised by it anymore no and they do that by the bucketful in this one and i'm like eh, i don't really care <laughs> so but i at first i didn't like it i really didn't like it i didn't like the space set and i didn't like the space weapons but as time went on, after the first two hours, I was like, actually, you know what, this is, a, this is kind of fun. You know, throwing in shock grenades, which we've never had before, to disable robots. Or anti-gravity grenades, so that everything that kind of ends up in the blast radius kind of floats up into the sky for like five seconds and is really disoriented in there. Um, being able to do uh, kind of space walks. So you're actually in space, and uh, your character, as you're kind of grappling between uh, debris your character will kind of spin off axis and so uh, you can actually be kind of flying through the air upside down kind of 80s action movie style shooting people so they're stood on the ground and you're now flying through kind of spinning through the air uh, taking out enemy infantry that's which is kind of fun um, Proper Newtonian physics. There you go. The, the the game does have so many fun little bits about it, and mechanically, it's kind of sound. Just it is the bastard child because of the setting of it. You get the feeling that devs were like, "I'm fed up with like modern games. Let's just say fuck it. Let's just make something completely different, completely out there." Well, that's that and do was, something different. That was what they planned to do with uh, Call of Duty Four. So originally, when they wanted to do Call of Duty, uh, you know, first they did, you know, Call of Duty to honour, you know, soldiers. Thank you for doing what you did to give us our freedoms. And then they kept on pitching, can we do a modern warfare game? 
you know, boots on the ground in the current day. And they actually split off into two teams. And one of them was like so far in the future. It was like, you know, aliens, you know, you know, ending up on some random spaceship, taking out aliens and, and all that kind of stuff, like super futuristic, uh, repelling down some kind of cannon on a, another planet or whatever. But then they made Call of Duty 4. That took off. They never really wanted to be World War II, so they went to Modern Warfare. As Modern Warfare started to become oversaturated, they're like, let's move forwards. Let's kind of, you know, let's do augmentation. Let's try exosuits. And then they were like, you know what? Screw it. Let's go all the way. Super future. Robots. Laser guns. Space combat. So you're right. They just wanted to keep moving forwards. Because uh, they would, I guess, there's only so many times you can rehash the same story, over, you know, and, yeah. and, and get away with it. So the era of warfare I've always found interesting, actually, is sort of warfare in sort of the 1980s. Mm. I'll tell you for why. Because at the time where sort of computing technology started to come in, yep. it's starting to be useful. It's starting to, you know, they've had computers in other vehicles before, but it's starting to get sort of boots on the ground sort of technology. They're starting to get, you know, it's, you know, it, it, uh, it's around sort of mid, I think it was the mid 80s that GPS, or was it late 70s that GPS came in? But it's around that sort of time period that GPS came in. And it's starting to, it's starting to have its technological revolution. Yeah. Let's face it, technology, the computer militarization, revolu- complete revolutionized warfare, and so with the gun, revolutionized raw warfare. Yeah, for sure. Really. And particularly automatic weapons, how they revolutionized warfare between sort of like nine. You compare like. World War One to World War Two, how the tank and guns and so forth, revo- that simple, if more advanced mechanicals, completely revolutionary how warfare would work. Because, you know, you stood horse drawn artillery in World War One. Yeah. Uh, it makes such a difference. And it was World War was basically fighting a modern war with, like, you know, 1800s tactics. And in the same way, Capuz has done the same thing. They've revolutionised warfare for us now they've they've changed how it works and i think actually on the crust of that revolution that's the interesting part where it's starting to come in so there have been some games all set in the 90s i think actually actually i think ironically operation flashpoint was set in the 1980s i think it was set in the 1980s i will say my favorite call of duty games so far have been black ops oh some of those are set in the past aren't they some of those episodes, those levels i think i'm the I believe. Yeah, yeah. That's so the, like Cold the, yeah, War it's era? The, yeah, it's the Cold War stuff. Fantastic. Yeah. Absolutely fantastic. Yeah. No. Good old COD. So, how many how many COD games you got left to go then? Because you were blitzing your way through them. Uh, two. What, all the way up to date, or...? Um, so, I don't have all of the newest ones, and I don't have Call of Duty Ghosts. Uh, so, I can't do... Uh, Modern Warfare 2 Remastered, and I can't do um, the new one called Modern Warfare, because it turns out there's three Modern Warfares now. Uh, <laughs> so there's, there's Call of Duty 4 Modern Warfare, Call of Duty Modern Warfare Remastered, and Call of Duty Modern Warfare. So I don't have the newest one. Yep. So Call of Duty Modern Warfare, Call of Duty Modern Warfare, to remaster Call of Duty Modern Warfare. No, so, right, so you've got Call of Duty Modern Warfare, Call of Duty 4 Modern Warfare, Call of Duty yeah. Modern Warfare 2, Call of Duty Modern Warfare 3, the Modern Warfare trilogy. Then they remade right. Modern Warfare 
1, Call of Duty Modern Warfare Remastered, Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2 Remastered, now they've made Call of Duty Modern Warfare. Remastered. No, just <laughs> Modern Warfare. Oh, good. That's not confusing at all. Exactly. So, um, and because that actually confused me last time, because when we were talking about it, we were looking up the prices for them, the reason that I couldn't figure out what people were talking about, they were like, no, no, the new Call of Duty Modern Warfare, I assumed it was like, I assumed the one that was now on the Xbox, Call of Duty Modern Warfare, was uh, Modern Warfare Remastered, but kind of separate, being sold separately, because it was a bundle item for Infinite Warfare. No, it turns out the reason I couldn't find it on PC is because it's only on Battle.net. It's not on Steam. Really? So, yeah, so I was like, oh, oh, okay. Of all the random places to end up on yeah. Battle.net. But it turns out all of them are on Battle.net now. Or all of the new cards are going on Battle.net, which is why I couldn't find Call of Duty Black Ops 4. That, well, that makes sense because they're part of Activision, and Activision yes. are Blizzard, thing, yes. aren't they? So, yeah. so, uh, so I, I can't... I'm not going to be playing those two, but yeah, I've, I've literally got... Um, the only one I've got left that I can do is Modern Warfare Remastered, and I'm two-thirds of the way through that. And then I've got another World War II game left, but I can't remember which one it is. Uh, what was the one? Oh, yeah, Call of Duty United Offensive, whatever one that is. So I've still got to do that. I don't remember that one. No, that I... The one. I No, it's an old, 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 old one, but I, I can't remember. I didn't even realise I had it, so I was like, oh, well, I might as well go through it. Sounds like a football team. It could very well be. <laughs> that would now wouldn't that be a twist of a game? Oh, you know, you load it up. You lift it. You lift it up. It's actually, you lift it, uh, load up. It's actually FIFA twenty twenty. Yes, it has got like a World War Two skin on it. <laughs> that's that's, that's a game going to be played. You know, cut. You know, <laughs> soldier manager twenty twenty. He has like sort of ranged teams and combat exercises and all sorts. That's a game ready to happen. That would be fantastic. But yeah, so I've, I've almost finished pretty much every Call of Duty game. They're averaging between, uh, say, four and nine hours a game. I will be honest, though, I am I am burning out pretty hardcore. Uh, I had to go to using Control Pad partway through because I was playing so much I because of the problem I have with my hands. I couldn't actually use WASD. You'd occasionally just see my character strafe out of cover. So I couldn't feel my fingers anymore, so I was accidentally pressing down keys. Went to using... Uh, well, actually, so I played Call of Duty Modern Warfare 4 on mouse and keyboard. Fantastic. Blitzed my way through it for the most part. No trouble at all. Started to play the remastered version on control pad. And I'm telling you, man, either they've upped the difficulty on uh, Modern Warfare Remastered, or I just suck on a control pad. Because uh, there was a mission called All Gillied Up. In, uh, oh, it's a sniper mission, isn't it? Yes, and I love that mission. I have never missed the sniper shot in that mission. I even thought it was scripted at one point, and fuck me, I missed it twice today. I missed it twice, and then when I had to get to the extraction point, I flubbed it every step of the way. I could not believe it. I must have died like fucking 30 times. I was like... How hard is it, man? It's like, right now, I couldn't even hit water if I fell out of a fucking boat. <laughs> yeah, so two games two games in my collection left. Uh, I would like to play the new Modern Warfare, because it looks fantastic. And it's got some of my favourite Call of Duty characters in it. But, yeah, 
I mean, it's, it's been a fun little fun little romp through some kind of goofy arcadey first person shooters. Well, excellent, excellent. What have you been well, I've been playing. I've I found something in my old. I was sort of like older game this week that I can literally basically use you know a mouse for. I, I'm just sort of I'm, works doing a bit manic at the moment. And I go home every evening. It's like I just want something really. Not so much simple, but I don't know how it doesn't require like super accurate timing, so that sort of yeah, pushed yeah. me down the turn base route. Okay. So I end up firing up Galactic Civilizations 3 again. Oh right. So for those who don't know, Galactic Civilizations um, series is a space strategy game. You take on the role of a you have an alien of you can be humans, you can be one of many alien species. And you basically have to colonise planets, um, expand your empire, you know, do your research. It's, it's just typical sort of 4X strategy type game. Build your research up, you know, conquer your enemies and so forth and play it. Yeah. So I started playing a new campaign. Um, it tries to say, oh, we recommend you do like this tiny little universe. It's only got like it's all two people. It's like, nah, fuck that. So I went for, because the thing is, it, it uses quite a lot of RAM. Mm. And I went to like use like so I went for like how much size galaxy I'm using. It's not the biggest because probably the biggest galaxy they recommend you have thirty two gigs of RAM before you use it. Yeah, that's because it's got so much data to sort of maintain. So I went for one that required sixteen gigs, which is what I've got on my PC, which is still enough to have eight eight adversaries in it or eight players in total, which is which is good enough. You know, that's big enough for my liking. So I loaded that up and played it up. So. Uh, I'm playing the Terra Republic, so you literally you start off with you've got like you get given like a start off, you get one planet, you get given a colony ship, a survey ship which can go off and find you know anomalies and sort of like um, you analyze them and you can get resources and so forth, um, and you can have a scout ship which can go off and do exploration and so forth. So I, I I'm playing this on easy, uh, simple reason being that. I don't get a lot of time to play games. I don't want to get stuck for a 40-hour campaign. I'd rather have a quicker 10-hour campaign. So I'm playing on easy. You know, okay. That's, it. That's what it is. So I'm playing through it. Um, let's go, right? So, I'm, I'm, so I'm, I, I basically go on the principle of, okay, bigger is always better when it comes to strategy games. You know, general strategy is... is it's all about how many resources. The more planets you have, the more star base you can have. The more star base you have, the more ship, you know, sort of ship dodge you can have. The more ships you can make, the faster you can get bigger and explore. So all I actually did was just, I had loads of money in the bank straight away, get like a little starting bonus. I just bought colony ship after colony ship, and I was just, I was just any planet I could find, I was colonizing, decent planet. Because planets have like little classes, so planets will be class, I think, from 1 to 20, or well, 1 to 30. But basically, Anything sort of above ten is called good, and like someone like sort of like Saturn would be a level one or level zero planet, was like it's just uninhabitable, and then like you know Earth is like sort of like level twelve, and then level twenty is like you like utopia, and how that translates into game technology, game world wise is that when you have a planet, you have a number of spaces you can build on and build structures and so forth, and how many spaces you've got depends on. What level it is so a level ten planet will have ten bases to play to place on, a level twenty or twenty. So it gets better the more stuff you've got. Which is nice, all simple, simple mechanic, simple idea. 
So I built that up and I sort of just did the strategy. It seemed to work, work quite well, actually. And it was just me at first. I soon catch my first alien race and I was like, oh, and they're called the Iconian Refuge, I think they're called. And I sort of said, hi, 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 are you fine? Yeah, okay, good. And there's this little, like, bands of power gauge that shows, like, it's like a bar, like a single bar chart. But like percentage-wise splits up by how much power everybody's got. And by the time I encountered four species, I was like 50% of the overall power of the whole universe. Huh. It's like, oh, I'm quite happy with this. This is going well, so forth. Chatting along, you know, I've got one alien race called the Dragon who, like, we're going to wipe you out. I said, yeah, good luck, mate. I'm so much more powerful than there. But yeah, go for it. You can do that. It's fine. And there's no one called the Your Collective who aren't too happy with me. But I thought I'll have them at some point. Hmm. All was going well until I met the Alterian refu- Refuge. And all I said, they said, Hi, how are you? We're friends. We're having to be friends. I said, Yeah, sure, fine. Next turn, the balance of power updates. The Alterian was so powerful that my bar got shrunk down so much, you couldn't tell the difference from the other three. <laughs> and I'm like, Oh, shit. These guys are big. And because you get little like your map gets literally painted, the little like mini map gets you by default shows like so you what your plants have this thing called influence. Okay. So the more influential you are, uh, you your plants like radiate out this influence, which represents your like territory. So as your planet and and if a alien planet an alien planet finds itself within your influence zone, eventually it starts to rebel. Because the sort of like in-game thing is basically your culture takes them over. So like, you know, they start there. It makes sense. If you've got a planet that's like in enemy territory space, it's right next to one of their planets, they're going to start getting a lot of culture come across in the form of like, you know, their television, their programming, their industry and imports and so forth. Yeah. So what ends up happening, they they basically eventually rebel, basically join your side. Okay. So... That's why this is very good. You can, and you, it's actually one of the ways you can win. You can win through culture. You basically spread yourself so much, other plants just give up, and eventually just go, we're just going to become part of you guys. You're just so much better than us. It's kind of like what America's trying to do with Starbucks. Yeah, basically, yeah. Uh, that's them dropping their little plots of influence around everywhere. Um, so I was sort of doing that, and I, was like, and I just saw like, saw this building, I was like, and it shows, by default on the map, it shows you your influence sort of area. And mine was quite a big swathe, but then like this other side was like half the map was their colour, and I couldn't see the other half, which I'm sure was their colour as well. I'm thinking, shit, this is not going to go well. So it all started off really well. They were being friendly. I was like saying, hey, let me let me give you some money. There you go. Have some money every turn. Just be nice to me. I want to give you a tithe every turn. Just just don't worry about me. I'm fine. Just leave me to my own devices. I thought I can win this. But only if I kill everybody else first. So, um, I start building thing, and the research tree. This is quite in depth. Um, there's like four main categories. You've got like your warfare, which is all your, your defenses and offensive capabilities, and and just confused by even more. They're both split into three subsections. So, like offensive capabilities, you've got kinetic weapons, energy weapons, and missile weapons. In the defensive capabilities, you've got shields, armor, and I think point defenses, and they obviously repel the relevant things. So, point defenses work for uh, missiles, uh, kinetic weapons are repelled by armor, and shields repel against energy. So, that's what they're, so that's like that all, what paper scissors scenario. 
So you can either try and balance yourself and research a bit of everything, or you can sort of focus on one area, but hope that no one else focuses on that relevant defence. So I, I'm old-fashioned. I like kinetic weapons. So I'm sort of focusing on kinetic weapons because I like making things go really fast and making things that be obliterated. I'm a traditionalist in that respect. You know, all these lasers and stuff, they're boring. They're just, they're just, they're just fancy light shows. I want to just, you know, fire a piece of sand so fast it makes someone's, it ruins someone's day. That's how I like to fight warfare. Um, so I'm doing that. Uh, I'm gradually expanding. Um, my first, I said, the dragon has declared war me. I declared, I was like, fuck you guys. And I eventually took him back. They eventually got declared war by a couple other alien races I hadn't even met yet. And eventually the dragon's like, we're going to surrender to you. We don't like you. We're going to surrender to these other guys. And they just surrender to him. It's like, oh, you fucking bastards. You can surrender to me instead. But, you know, it is. So I got with the dragon, took other planets. I then encountered the Khan Syndicate, who really liked me. So the planet is quite interesting because alien races, what they all think of you really varies quite a lot. They, they basically, there's like, they... You'll get like a breakdown of every alien race. You'll get like a, a little breakdown of what they do and don't like about you. So, a, a race might like you if, say, for example, you share ideology. So, you have a benevolent, uh, pragmatic, or I can't remember the last one. It's like sort of um, despicable. So, it's like lucky the evil ideology. And these three ones, and each race has their own ideology which they follow, and how you. What your ideology is based on how many ideology points you score, and you get those by little random events occur, and how you respond to them ups your score and those relevant like sort of tech trees, as it were. Right. And that then reflect, and also whichever you've got the most points in is your ideology. So I've got a benevolent ideology. So a race will, if you, uh, and a race will like you if you have the same ideology for stars. They'll like you if like you know you've helped them by giving them tech and so forth. They'll like you if you're, like, enemies with their enemies. But at the same time, they'll dislike you if, like... So there's races that I was quite friend, I was okay friendly terms on. They don't like because they... I've got, like, an opposite ideology to somebody else, but I'm friends to them as well. And so, like, you're friends with infidels. We don't like you very much. And so you've got all these, like... So you, you can literally see all these massive, like, lists of positive minuses that affect how this race views you. And you get a little progress bar that shows you which way they're leading. So you've got to try and solve all so you keep your friends closer. So I made friends quite early on with the Iconian Refuge. Um, and to be honest, they're not, I've sort of like surrounded them, so they can't really go anywhere. And I'm gradually, my influence is gradually bigger, and I'm gradually overtaking their entire civilization. They're not particularly happy about it, uh, but they can't really do anything about it. So I got a message from them saying, hey, um, you've kind of built a star base to my resources in our territory. Uh, would you mind removing it? I was like, ha, no. I was like, okay then. <laughs> we don't really have much of a choice. <laughs> yeah, okay then. Um, so I then got involved in my first proper war against the Khan Syndicate. So they declare, they basically declared war on me. And I was like, okay, let's deal with these guys. I've got to deal with these guys. Okay, so I started building, I've, I've been really full. I've got shipyards everywhere. I'm just, Pumping out ships as many as I can, and just literally moving more to the sort of frontline area. So you can put ships, you can like enforce planets for spaceships. So to take a planet, you need normal ships to destroy the enemies, and you need like transports to actually invade it. But you can't realistically defend all your planets simultaneously. 
because you simply won't have the full resources to do it. So what you find yourself doing is like putting your ships in the furthest reaches of your galaxy, as it were. But someone could just fly straight past those planets with transports and just invade planets behind your front line, as it were. So you've got to be watching. One of the things I've with the game is the game's not very good at alerting you when there's, where the enemy vessels are. Okay. So, so it relies on you actually looking and paying attention. So when an enemy vessel's moving, you need to actually sort of... Uh, so you, I have to make sure when the, their turns... Because their turns play out... As soon as you clear all your stuff, their turns all play out, obviously, automatically. I had to make sure I was watching them right there in the screen so I could watch what they do and so I'll try and guess where they're sending their vessels, their fleets, and which planets are heading for, so I can like, move ships around to intercept them or try and destroy them. Right. Uh, that's a little bit annoying. I would like it more like it could highlight, you know, sort of like, it, it'd be a bit more obvious what they're doing or make it a bit easier for you. Strange ones. Then people say, well, you should be watching them, but realistically-wise, military-wise, you'd have people to tell you what they've done. So I don't think that hurts telling you that sort of information. This is a pretty old so, one, isn't it? So I remember you and Bard talking about it. Galaxy Free came out to 2014, I want to say. But they're still updating it. Well, fair enough. So it's old, but they're still they're still releasing new patches and they're still patching it. They're still updating it. So, you know, it's there's still more stuff coming for them. There's loads of extra alien races been added to it and so forth, so it's great. So Carl Syndicate, so basically they took over a few plants with my territory and they tried to build uh, ship spaces on them to sort of like basically build ships with my territory. But their plants are starting to rebel because they were like, I had so much influence over them those plants starting to rebel. So I basically was doing so I'm a sort of war of attrition where I was gradually pushing back against them. Now, there's no, one of the things I also don't like about this is no, you can't easily view stats of the other races. And that's important to know. You can sort of view your relevant power, but what I want to know is how many ships do they have? How many colonies do they have? That's to give a rough idea of how powerful they are. Sure. Now, you could say observation makes it funner, but then all you have to do, if you want to find out, is you go into diplomacy, and you go to the stage where you're like, I want to make a trade deal with you, the people you're fighting, and trade deal means like peace treaty and all sorts. And it tells you the right side, like the names of all their planets, because you can say, I want these planets, I want these ships, and so forth. You get this little trade deal up here, you can, like, sort of just through it there anyway. Yeah. But you've got to go through several steps to get to there. I want to just say, here's the stats of this. Because I can see it that way, I might just have a normal stats done that tells me that. And realistically, again, if they're an enemy army you're facing, your, presumably your information network would know that, or at least have a good idea. Of what they're like, so I would like to know stuff. That's all. Like, I would like to have more stats like that in it, where I could sort of like judge how powerful these guys are, rather than as a power bar. The uh, uh, eventually, Carson eventually realised I was just blitzing them every step of the turn. Although they were at the time slightly more powerful than me, I gradually by being a bit more strategic, I was able to sort of like take a few key planets, basically slowing their military machine enough that they couldn't keep up, and then they surrendered to me. But this is the other thing that I find a bit annoying. And this is obviously for a balance reason. They've done this. So say they've got like 20 or 30, 20 odd colonies. They surrender to you. All those colonies, bar like their main planet, just get wiped to nothing. And I don't mean they disappear after you build them yeah, scratch. They, they I go mean, neutral. No, worse than that. The map. Yes. Oh, wow. they go, their planets go from like class 12 to zero. 
are fantastic. So effectively, they're useless. Now I can see why I would do that because it'd be a, it, in the old gals they didn't do that. And if a serenity, you gained all their planets. Well, instantly it's a massive balance problem because if you got if you had if two groups had a big fight and one group eventually surrendered to the other. You could virtually double in size. And I would have done. These guys swear to me, I would have just doubled in size. So they're also a balance reason, but I think there's a neater, because it doesn't make any sort of narrative sense why they would do that. I think a neater way to do that would be a case of perhaps these planets going to um, ter- turmoil, um, you know, for some time. And, and so like they have like, like zero production or zero population growth. Or basically they're just a bit of a hindrance for like a few turns. Yeah. Where you get, and, they, and gradually over time they build back up. That I think would be a neater way of doing it. Or perhaps like, you know, they as you, or perhaps they could do what you say. They go even neutral. Perhaps they sort of like, they might have start forming like mini rebellions. You have to like send ships to sort of properly sort of like subjugate them to get them under your rule. I thought that was a very bad way of doing it it feels like it just feels like a it feels like a, i'll just say we're just going to balance this by just saying you can't do it it just feels too obvious it's a balancing problem yeah but yeah that's what they don't know so that was all going well i took this group out they simply at which point the Alterian public which is still the most power they are more than twice as powerful as me by power rating declared war on me oh dear oh dear and I, I didn't even realise they declared war to me. I just simply... Oh, was how like, good's that? Man. How good is that? You just sat there going, oh, it's all good, it's all good. You know, you're like, I don't know, President Ram <laughs> of of uh, the Nicktopia space colonies. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, you know, all of a sudden... Yeah. All of a sudden, they're, they're you, start, you, get a, you get a couple of angry emails through. By the way, loads of people are dead. And you're like, what? Spam, spam. <laughs> it's like, oh, sod this. <laughs> Uh, no yeah. one's told me anything. Nothing's on my yeah. nothing on my HUD is flashing red. Yeah, I never got this letter. I never got this memo. So what do you mean declared declared war on me? I reject your declaration. I don't accept it. This, what are you gonna do? Yeah, I reject your declaration of war. It's in my spam, mate. It's crap. <laughs> yeah. That's no one ever tried that. This is well the way to world peace. Nation one declares war. Another one, they always go, "Yeah, bring it on." Well, they go, "No, I don't accept the declaration." Stuff up your ass, mate. I'm busy. (laughs) Yeah, I accept it. Go away. That's how well peace forms. I'm playing galactic Um, golf that Saturday. Shove it. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Can you declare war me until next Friday? I'm on holiday then. (laughs) (laughs) But I do want to declare war. Trouble is, if you imagine like a clock, imagine a clock face as the galaxy. Mm I'm sort of down fighting like near sort of six and seven. The Altier Republic are sort of like from like 11, 12, 1 and 2. Yeah. And I, my empire starts like three all the way down to like sort of one out to like sort of eight sort of area. So I'm all the way down like six and seven on my ships and they're all the way up there. It's like, oh fuck. Oh fuck the fuck. Unlucky. So it's like saying, Right, everybody, fly this way. Fly back over there as quick as you can. I know it's going to take you t- 10 turns, but get back there. Luckily, my shipyards have been pumping out ships constantly, and there are loads of them, uh, my best shipyards are like right in my central area. Because I started around about like sort of, again, using the clock face example, I started like sort of position four, like four. Mm-hmm. So I'm sort of that area. So that's what my main shipyards are. So they're like, they, I literally went to each shipyard going, right, how much does it cost you? This, this, this battle cruise is meant to take you 30 turns. How much is it going to cost you to do this in one turn? That much? Buy. 
I just did that across the whole lot. Just bought a load of these ships instantly. It's amazing what bit money does. And how Stop pass all these asking years. me silly questions. Just do it. <laughs> yeah. Build these ships in a, in, a, in a day. Build all these ships and just fly them up there. It's like, okay. So far, they don't seem making much of a move. I think they're building up their resource, their, like, empire, to do just one sort of slog. So I'm just, like, sort of just randomly hitting their ships and, like, sort of trying to take them out. I, think I can win this. If I'm just a little bit careful about what I do. All I need to do is bloody their nose enough. They think, actually, it's not worth fighting you. And I'll back off. Luckily, I've made friends with most of the other aliens around. It's like, hey, and they're already at war with these guys. So they're going to distract them a little bit. So if they die, it doesn't matter because they're distracting them from me. That's all I really worry about. You know, for terror, all that sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm going to find my way, but... Yeah, it's like that's that moment that moment happened, I just sort of looked at the screen like Huh Right Shit Right Okay What do I do now? That was that sort of moment, the game, and I was literally sort of sat there about a good point or five minutes thinking, right, how am I gonna get out of this problem? <laughs> this is a big big deal. This is like could be the end of the game for me if I don't do this right. See I was gonna say to you isn't it a bit silly to play a game like that on easy mode? Surely you want to have a challenge. It's like... <laughs> I think it makes them on easy mode... It makes them just a little bit less aggressive. Right. I think they're just not quite so keen. They're just, they are, I think they're just basically... I don't, I, don't think it dumbs, I don't think it dumbs the AI down too much. Apparently, if you play on the highest mode, the AI is quite insane. So what I'm reading, the AI is like, well, the AI actually, the AI properly sort of thinks for itself will actually like work you off each other. I've read stories of people like they they didn't the AI kept doing weird things they couldn't work out why until the game suddenly ended, and then you go like, oh that that empire that's doing these weird things won. Yeah. Oh, now it makes sense why they declared because they also they declared peace to me that we've been at war for years. So they want peace and actually now want to become my ally. This doesn't make sense. Why all of a sudden? Oh, they're going for the diplomacy victory where they got to, they got to make anybody friendly or destroy them. And they couldn't destroy me, so they made friends with me and they've won. I've won they've won the game instead of me. Uh. Oh. <laughs> they they probably doesn't say stuff like that, so yeah. I mean I probably should have played on a hard job because I've got to say I did I, I didn't I at the time I, I, I want to be like over in a few a few sessions. I don't want to be so here forever yeah so i picked an easier mode on it but i've got enough enjoyment out of it um it's going to be one of those games that i think because I, I played it when i first i got it actually when it came out of early access and i i played it a bit but then sort of couldn't go, get back into it but i sort of got back into it this time i could feel myself one of the games i'm gonna sort of go back to and play a campaign of but like sort of every sort of six months or so type job rather than every other day but Oh, I find it really neat. Oh, and it's got a spaceship build. You can make your own spaceships. I haven't tried that, but you can build your own spaceships in it as well. Oh. Which is kind of cool. Yeah, kind of neat. Kind of neat. So, yeah, that's Legend 3. Recommended. Fantastic. It is. It's quite good. I don't think... I, it's quite good. I don't know if I have... Uh, I don't know if I have that. I might do. Yeah, I thought you had every game on Steam. Only if Gaben allows it. <laughs> you know, sometimes Gaben says to me, "You have to pay for these," and then I'm like, 
okay. And then I have every game on Steam still, but, you know, sometimes... Sometimes things slip through the cracks, Ram. I know. You can't You can't have every single game Steam, because I think... I want to know, actually, how big... How big is the the date the daylight that holds all your game lists? At what point does that buffer overflow? Yeah. Look, like, can we just throw out there? Because I don't think we did a what games we've purchased in recent history thing. I've been very good for the longest I've been time. I've very, very good. I, just, I can't be asked to buy games anymore. <laughs> I, I find it more and more harder to justify buying games. Particularly, also... There's this always nagging feeling at me of like, but they'll go so cheap in a sale. And also, I've got a still clear with Humble Bundle, and there's loads that there are more games I'm in that I'm never going to play. Yeah. And there's also been me thinking, I've got such a big library, we really should like get through at least the games in my library before I sort of. But I think I think I bought Green Hell. I will. I did buy Green Hell because that looked right up my street. I did purchase that, and I said I'm going to get. I am going to pick up um, Half Life Alex and Mech Warrior in the future. But I think actually it's funny because I think it wasn't the end of last year. There wasn't actually a lot of games coming out I was actually interested in. Then all of a sudden, like games came out, like like Disco Elysium came out. I was like, I'm really interested in picking up Disco Elysium. That looks like my. I really like the sound of it. I want to get Untitled Goose Game, because that just sounds really fun. I want to pick that up. Right. MechWire 5 came out. Uh, and I was like, in the last part of this, all these games started coming out. I was like, I really want all these. And it's like the first time in a long time, actually, like, I really want these games. And it's just been a lot of games of like, oh, it's a sequel. I'm not really that bothered about that. And so if this just doesn't strike me of interest, yeah, I want to work my through. It doesn't grip me enough not to shell out the money that it's there. I still haven't bought any of those games I've just talked about, but... Um, yeah, I think I've just got more careful of what I spend money on. And also, because I've just got a big Steam library now, it's like, I've got more games than I'm ever going to be able to play. I'm not going to play all these games in my entire life. That's not happening. So, I've got to be a little bit more sensible about all this stuff. Okay. That's fair. So, we don't all have yeah. unlimited money. No, no. We don't have all gaming as our personal friend. No, well, one day, mate. One day. <laughs> yeah, one day. Steam press account. I haven't got much else, to be honest with you, guys. Nah, it's me done too, mate. Yeah, I've not... I've watched a few films. I watched the interview. That was quite good. <laughs> yeah. The North Korean one. Yeah. I've watched that quite a bit. Yeah, I quite liked that one. That was, that was actually surprisingly good. That was a fantastic film. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, I've I watched... Oh, I watched Scott Pilgrim vs. the World last night. Did you? That was good. Yeah, that was good. <laughs> Netflix, Netflix has been bad for me to watch that for ages. Fantastic. Like, so I was like, oh, fuck it, I'll watch it and make you happy then, Netflix. My kids, that was actually really my good. kids watch that one. It's not a bad little book either, to be fair. No, I haven't. Um, I know I, haven't, um, I, know it was, I, I knew it was based on a graphic novel. It's an actual yeah. yeah, novel. It's a graphic yeah. novel, yeah. Yeah, I love. I I I would find myself. I need to spat my um beer at my side right when I got to the vegan guy. Oh yeah, because he's got vegan <laughs> powers. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was like, I'm a vegan, so I have more powers. Like, I just spat. I literally did spat my beer at my side right. I was like, that's just hilarious. That's fantastic. Yeah, and the guy just says, I've always wondered why being vegan makes you telepathic. Yeah, 
<laughs> and the vegan police turn up. It's just brilliant. Yeah. No yeah. vegan diet, it's... no vegan powers. <laughs> yeah. It's just so silly. But and it doesn't take itself seriously at all. It's just really, really, really enjoyable. Really goofy. Loads of video gaming references. Um, yeah. Just fantastic. Like, it's just really goofy fun, to be fair. Yeah. Uh, oh, talking of video games, I've also watched Wreck-It Ralph 1 and 2. Oh, there, there you, you go. go. There you go. Uh, actually, just random note about uh, Scott Pilgrim. I'm just trying to think of two of the actors. So Scott Pilgrim kicked the ever-loving crap out of Captain America. Chris, Chris Evans, is it, I think. Captain America and Superman, I believe. Yeah. I don't recognise those. I did recognise that um, I've got his name now. But one of, the, one of the vegan police is there as a detective in The Expanse, and as soon as he appears, like, you're, the, you're Miller from The Expanse, I recognise you. Well, and he plays a detective, yeah, it's like, oh, yeah, yeah, it's like, oh, Chris, I don't give a shit about him. But this guy played a detective in a niche sci-fi television programme, I'll tell you what I care about. So, like, if, he, if he's still alive in that niche in that niche TV show, now you know why. No, he's not. Oh, well, fuck, he didn't have his vegan powers then, he clearly... No, 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 he's, he's definitely not vegan, I'm pretty sure he eats meat at some point in that TV show. There you go. He makes, spoilers the expanse, he makes about halfway through the second season. He, uh, but... he clearly broke vegan edge, and, uh... Yeah, there you go. That's what happens when you break the vegan code. That's it. When you've got a vegan academy. <laughs> Next time I meet a vegan, they say I'm vegan, say, where's your telepathy then? <laughs> yeah, how come you ain't flying, motherfucker? Yeah, that means you're not truly vegan. You ain't got your vegan powers. You're not truly vegan. <laughs> Did you graduate vegan academy? No. Get fucked then, son. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh... There you go. Right, Skaz. Uh, I've got nothing else. Nope, that's it. No. I did enjoy watching your stream though this week. That was good. Uh, which one? <laughs> uh, I watched your Animal Crossing stream. Oh, God. Your final Animal Crossing stream, yeah. The... Where you finished the game. I didn't think that game was going to have an end. Well... But you finished it. It technically doesn't. I mean, there is a goal... Uh, to get KK Slider to come to the island, the little dog musician, and then the credits roll, but from that point on the game continues as normal. Because yeah. the credits roll as you start the game, not as you finish the session, as you start the session. Oh, right. So, okay. Right, so ha what it happens is, you're, built, you're on an island, you're building a village, after you get a town hall... Tom Nook the Crook, the little raccoon guy that, you know, set you up and oh, all yeah, this yeah. stuff. I, I hate him already. I've only seen him in your stream, but I dislike him and his nephews. Yeah, little bastards. Always buying all my weed. But, uh, yeah, so he says, my dream is to, to get this island to be popular enough so that we can have a concert by K.K. Slider. And to do that, you just have to get a three-star village, island, mountain, what the fuck ever it is we're doing. So... Once you get a three-star rating, and that'll update like every day if you meet certain requirements, on the day you get three stars, you check in with Tommy, the old crook, and, uh, and Isabel, and they'll say, hey, we got some feedback on the island. We've got three stars. And then it's, it's the letter is signed KS. Tom Nook has a hissy fit, going, oh my god, it's a letter from KS. Is that really KK Slider? And then all of a sudden, he whips out his phone, 
and he dials KK Slider. I'm like, what? Wait, hang on a minute, mate. Uh, huh? How the hell have you got him on speed dial? I mean, don't get me wrong, mate. I know I've got old fucking Bobo and the Don and Kim on speed dial. But you can't have KK Slider on speed dial. You're a crook. He's a he's a fun loving, peaceful traveling artist guy. You can't. You just you scum, Tom. You can't have his number anyway. The game doesn't end until Tommy goes, "Hey, KK, do you want to come to the island?" KK says, "Yeah, mate. I'm going to come to the island and I'm going to play a gig. That's going to be rad." So then you shut down the game because nothing's going to happen until the next day, which is when Tommy's booked the booked the gig. So the next time you start the game, hey, KK Slider's come to the island and he's going to sing a song. Then the credits roll. That's why the credits roll at the start of your play session. That's... I, so I watched that and I thought... So he must have saved just before that happened then. Nope. No. Because, okay, that's interesting. Because I streamed the day before, thinking, "Hey," because uh, I was I was out on the I was on the road, as you know, and um, I pulled out my switch whilst I was on a, I was at a stop, and it said, "Oh, you got a three star rate," and I was like, "Shit, I better put my switch to sleep because this is going to be the end of the game." Because Isabel's now told me I've got a three star rate, and a three star rating is when KK Slider turns up. Put the switch to sleep. Get home, put the switch in the dock to stream Animal Crossing. We're now finishing Animal Crossing. And that's when Tommy says, no, mate. No, mate. Fucking KK Slider's coming tomorrow. And I'm like, you fucking wanker. I wanted this to fucking finish. Screw you, Tom. Screw you. But you got there in the end. Yes. Thank fuck that's over with. Not a fan? No. Well, I don't, I don't mind it. It's fun in its own way. It's a peaceful kind of like, you know, pick up and play trash game that you can play when you take a dump or something. I don't know. But like, it just devolves into busybody work and if you know what you're doing, you can finish pretty much everything you could possibly want to do on your island within an hour. So, you start the game. What you're going to do, you're going to go fishing, you're going to go catching bugs, um... Picking flowers, planting flowers, uh, building some things, uh, you know, general cleanup or whatever. But that stuff doesn't take very long, gathering resources. You can get all of it done in like an hour, two hours tops. And then you might have to wait three days for the rest of the stuff to spawn back in. And it's like, oh, well, I've got nothing to do now because I can't gather fruit. Or I can't do this because it hasn't spawned back in yet. So it was a bad, it like spawned every day. It wouldn't be so bad. Yeah, but I guess that's to but, stop you from kind of leak. Because obviously, if they spawn fruit and that every day, and that's the main stuff that you're selling, then there's not going to be much of a challenge. You know, then you're not going to have a reason to come back to play the game, are you? If you're no, but you're just gonna... and that's the other thing they try. Obviously, they try to manage it so that you're not spending all day playing the game. So they try and no, they're it's... trying to pace it out. And, I don't know, just sometimes... Sometimes I want my games to end in one session. Yeah. I don't... Sometimes you, you want it to... You want to be able to fish game moments on your terms, on its terms. Yeah, and that was part of my problem with Animal Crossing uh, New Horizons, is it, it was too much of what it wanted me to do, and not what 
I wanted to do. So. But is that true of all the Animal Crossing games, though? Well, pretty much, but then the other ones. I don't know, maybe it was because I was younger and I had more goddamn time. Um, but I, I just seemed a lot more forgiving of previous Animal Crossing games. In other Animal Crossing games, you could go to other cities. Like, there was another city in the game that you could go to. In Animal Crossing New Horizons, there just seems to be less on the table to start with. And so it just kind of... it. I don't know. I, like I, I, I honestly just think it's a, a change of time. You know, I'm older now. I've got more shit I need to do. Uh, yeah. Games really have to be more on my terms than on theirs it isn't bad and it's kind of goofy fun when you've got people to play it with yeah but if you if you're just dicking around yeah. on it i mean i've seen a lot of people play it and say oh wow it's over already yeah you're probably not but then to be fair you're probably not the target market for you? well yeah but I used to... it's probably i'm trying to say it's probably it's probably aimed more for a younger well audience who don't mind but in the grand kids scheme, don't mind doing that busybody work, do they? No, for sure. But in the grand scheme of things, though, I've been playing Animal Crossing since the first one. So, I mean, like, Animal Crossing was created when I was the target demographic. Yeah. So I've grown with it. Look, they say the average Pokemon player is actually in their 30s. Because they're people who grew up with, uh, with the series. So I just... I think it's just because, as I, as I said, I was more forgiving back then of a lack of shit to do. Uh, or yeah. it, it just, I didn't mind just kind of cruising around my village, you know, doing little bits and bobs, busybody work, because it was just a chilled out thing to do. Whereas now I'm like, I think the other problem is now I've got so many fucking games to play that I'm not going to sit there and be like, oh, wait, so I have to wait until tomorrow now? I was just like, no, screw it, I'll, I'll play something else. I'll play I'll play some COD, I'll go play some Doom. You know, I'll go and play some Civ Six. I'll do, you know, whatever. I'll, I've got so many games to play. It's not like what it was back in, you know, the early 2000s when I was younger and didn't have a lot of money and I only had a few games per system. Now there are so many games on the plate, why waste my time with just that one? Yeah. So, you know, if I've only got a couple hours a day to play games, I'll go play something else. I'm, I'm glad I finished it. For what it was, it was alright. Just, I'm sure there was more in previous Animal Crossing games. Hmm. Yeah. And it's not worth 50 quid. Not worth 50 quid at all. I was, I was watching you play, I was like, I must say, I just I thought this is. I, I don't think I would like it at all. I feel I was like, this is looks like a waste of time. See, the thing is, once you get this, to, like, yeah, sorry. Once you get Go to on. level three, you get they call it terraforming, but it's not terraforming by definition. It's landscaping. Uh, you get a landscaping option, so you get to change the. You know, you get to change the environment. You get to like dig moats and, uh, you know fucking fill shit with land and, and all that kind of stuff. So you can actually then full-blown customise your island kind of thing. Um, you know, you can you can pave roads and uh, make nice areas and things. Like, you can shape the land to how you want it to be, and I imagine that's where a lot of people are having fun. But the stuff that I shoe in stream was really just scratching the surface of it. 
know, if you if you want to have an, a blank canvas island where you can now make you can make Nicktopia. Well, yeah, Nicktopia that'd be nine, I think, by this stage. Eight, Nicktopia Animal Crossing edition. The ninth edition is more family friendly. There's you know people don't die in yeah. Nicktopia nine. There's, there's there's no blood in the streets in Nicktopia nine. Well, not unless you uh, not unless you forget to pay old Tommy boy because then he comes in a kneecap shit because you haven't given him his uh you haven't given him his payments. Please tell me that's an actual mechanic in the game. That may have really put it up in my estimation if that was an actual mechanic. I'm afraid to say no. However, there, you do earn interest on your savings, and you get to pay off a mortgage, just like real life. So, don't be silly. We'll never be able to pay off a mortgage. <laughs> yeah, no. That's something that the old people did. Especially not by selling fruit. <laughs> no. When you talk about power fantasy, be able to own a house. Oh, yeah, I know. What sort of sick... I mean, I know we play games for escapism, but that's pushing it too far. I, I have made that joke many a time in Animal Crossing. I was like, come on, this is too far like fiction, mate. I'm never going to be able to pay off my house. Although, then we did crack the joke. I said, hang on a minute. I've got a bag of weed here, and I'm going to go and sell it to the Nook Boys for a nice tidy oh, I... profit. It's like, oh, that's oh. how I can afford to pay off my home loan. <laughs> my dealer. <laughs> yeah. Breaking Animal Crossing. Animal Crossing, Walter White edition. That's it. Walrus Whites, that's what you should have in it. But, yeah, all in. Yeah, it's done. Thank fuck. Oh, fair enough. Streaming for the lols. Oh. So, Animal Crossing, well, at least you finished it. Yeah. That's all I really want to do these days, it's just, I want to just get as many games done as possible and yeah it's the end credits roll yeah and I'll be honest with you like back in the day I used to really get pissed off if a game was too short like for me four hours four to six hours was probably too short mm. but I'm finding that if a story is about if a story mode is about four to six hours it's pretty solid I always used to work on ten hours was all my thought I felt if I got a game that at least had a, ten hour, a story mode last about 10 hours, I'd consider it value for money. Yeah. If I felt it lasted less than that, I, was like, I felt a bit short-changed. Sure. And if it lasted more than that, I was like, this is amazing. Well, it kind of depends on but, the yeah. game, really, doesn't it? I mean, if it's an RPG, oh, yeah, if it's it an RPG then I expect it to last a bit. But if it's a, if it's a shooter or something like that, give me, give me about six to nine hours. Mm. Pretty solid. If I, can do it, <laughs> if I can do it quicker than that, just because I'm that good, fine. But I'm just, I am tired. I'm becoming more, uh, well, how can I word it? it? Bloat is more obvious to me these days. Mm. Uh, like, for example, Final Fantasy VII Remake. So much bloat in that game. In fact, I meant, I got into a discussion with a bunch of people about Final Fantasy VII Remake, and my god, the blinders that people wear because it's Final Fantasy 7 is it's just disgusting. It's absolutely disgusting. They're like, no, I want more. I want more. And I was like, but it was horrible. It was a horrible, grindy mess. And they're like, no, I loved it. It's like, you had four hours of, like, uh, one of the characters fucking around on monkey bars. Like, what the hell was the point in that? You're telling me you had fun with that? So everybody's different. There are popular who do enjoy that sort of thing, and who are we to tell people how they should enjoy their games? Well, fair. 
Although I don't think it's a ten. It's definitely not a ten out of ten game like people are saying it is. No, there's a hype. There's a hype element to that, though, isn't there? Mm-hmm. Hype is a dangerous, dangerous thing. The trouble is, that's, that's is major it? publications saying it. Mm. But they want to go. They want to piss off the people who are going to buy their reviews or magazines, do they? Mm. Dumb. So. Absolutely dumb. But that's it. Rant over. Fair enough, fair enough. Well, I think that sort of brings us to a close. We must try and do some gaming this week. We keep trying. Yes. Um, My machine works now, kind of. (laughs) That's a bonus. That's a bonus. Um, So, yeah, we definitely sort of think of where we can do that. And organise a proper sort of time and everything for it as well. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, but yeah, we'll try and sort of organise that this week. Um, so yeah, so that's that. Uh, thank you for watching. If, unless you've got anything else to add to scare before I close nope, off. I'm done, Zan. Okay, thank you for watching. Um, you can join us again in a fortnight's time on the 6th of June 2020. Where we'll still be, I'm presumably, doing this remotely, I'd imagine. Most likely. Well, most certainly. Bobo hasn't um, called me to say otherwise, mate. No, well, it's still about, isn't it? So, let's be honest. I, to be honest, guys, I can't see us doing a group together podcast again till Christmas time. I do feel very sorry for the, the, the socialites out there. Mm. I see them going absolutely bonkers right now because they can't go out it's sad like friendships dissolving marriages breaking apart all because they can't go out it's so interesting to see how many people's lives are literally crumbling just because either one they're having to spend more time with someone and it turns out they do each other's heads in or two they're not able to spend any time with anyone, and so they're going absolutely stir crazy. Fucking fantastic! Yeah. It's like the human ant farm. Yeah, well, me and my friend on the farm, we normally, over the end of the day, we'd go down to the pub and have a pint before we finish up for the day. But that's not been off the card. So what we're doing now is a once a month, we park our trucks up sort of back to back within like like sort of about sort of two and a half meters away from each other. We open the tailgates and sort of tailgates and, and sort of have a pint of beer and sort of sort of like we can talk to each other still, but we're sort of like sort of tailgated apart. Ah. That's how we get round that. So. Good job. Good job. Yeah. Yeah. And of course you've got like I mean you've got like, you know, Skype and all sorts, you can sort of there are ways. Uh, see now, I've, I've found that the socialites—that's not good enough. They're starting to fight because they're not able to read each other's body language, kind of thing. And okay, a webcam. And being yeah, but being on the phone has meant that they're not able to really do anything else. Like they have no real excuse to say, "Oh, I need to go now," or whatever. You know, when they're in person, they can say, "Oh, I've got to go catch a train," or. I don't know, I've got to go and have an uncomfortable wank. But they can't exactly do that whilst they're on the phone no, without that, being that an anti-social excuse, that, Well, I'm sorry. That last excuse you gave is still a perfectly valid excuse to get off Skype. Well. Well. Train to catch. Yeah, no, you can't try to train. 
I've got to go, I've got the left the sore feeling, I can't do that. But I want to have an uncomfortable blank. It's perfectly acceptable excuse to use when you're on Skype. <laughs> yes, I can just imagine all the socialites doing that now. Oh, God, I'm getting a bit bored of this call. I know. Right, I've got a guy, I need to have a wank. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's been, you know, yeah, you know, Jenny, Phil, it's been lovely meeting you both. I need to go have a wank. Sorry, <laughs> bye. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> It's 11 o'clock, it's time for my daily wank. But I love the fact that you like all these, you say what these socialites, they all need, all these socialites seem to spend their time doing is kind of excuses to not be social. Well, no, but like, so, you know when you're tired of someone, like when, 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 yes. when the conversation that's run its course, you know, they know that there's only a. a oh, I mustn't keep you! <laughs> you know that they only have a certain amount of time. So, like, I see it with some of my friends where they'd say, like, well, you know, the pub's closing now. You know, that's the end of the night. Or, I don't know, it's the last train. That's the end of the night. Whereas now, they're banging on at each other for hours and hours and hours and hours and hours. No downtime and wearing each other's fucking minds thin. It's awesome. This is why you get yourself to furloughed from work. And then you can say, sorry, I've got to be up in the morning. I start work at 6am, so I've got to go to bed now. Good night. That's where you sat there on your sofa with the grandfather clock clutched between your knees going, for fuck's sake, go home. <laughs> Get yeah. off the phone. That's what you'd normally yeah. do. You'd be like, please, motherfucker, go home. No. We're all okay. drunk. I don't care if you have to drive. Just go Phone. home. Phones are easy, though. Phones are easy solution. You start going... Yeah, it's uh, 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 so, oh, so like see, uh, break, uh, oh, uh, sorry, bye. beep, 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 beep. There you go. You're off the phone then, see, aren't you? I have a, I, I'm way better at that. But then I'm not a very social. I'm guy. such an introvert. I've got so used to figuring out ways to get people to pretend that like I can't hear people. No, I just do this, mate. You're fucking pissing me off now. This conversation sucks, dick. Get fucked. Hang up. No, my favorite one to do is like saying. Hello, hello. And they're just talking. I say, I'm sorry, I can't hear anymore. Sorry, hello, hello. Oh, it must, it must have gone. There's a hang up. That's a, that's a good one to do. There's a scene in Last Action Hero where I'm trying to just all. If any of my friends listen to this, they're all going to go bastard. bastard. <laughs> <laughs> it's like there's a scene in Last Action Hero where the main character gets a call from his wife, right? And he's he's kind of like, oh yeah, uh huh, yeah, okay, cool, yeah, yeah, yeah. And all of a sudden, he kind of, he takes, he goes into his desk drawer, and he pulls out, like, a tape recorder. Yeah? And he fucking puts, like, he puts a tape and presses play, and then puts the fucking phone receiver on the tape deck. And all you can hear on the on the other end of the thing is like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, yeah, 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 uh-huh, yeah, uh-huh. Because <laughs> that's just him, like, just nodding and, like, on the, on the recording. I have the same kind of thing, except I don't talk. I just put the phone on the side. Walk off to go do what the fuck ever I need to do, and then if I come back and I was like, I just kind of like lean over towards the phone again. It's like, oh, yep, yep, they're still talking. <laughs> Over we go. My my grandmother was terrible for, but she when she rang you up to ask you something, she'd give you the entire background story as to why she was asking you it. Mm. She literally she'd tell you about like you know why her cousin like Phyllis from thirty years ago who is now dead. But at some point, knew so and so, who knew so and so, who knew so, and eventually you'd get round to. So yeah, can I borrow your lawnmower? Like, that's what would actually, yeah, that's how it used to happen on the phone. She used to ring you up, 
And you could literally, I had, I used to do in the past, I used to put my phone, just, just put the phone on the chair for like five minutes and go back to it, and she'd still be going. <laughs> How to deal with people 101. Don't. Yeah. It's not worth it. It's just not worth it. I'm, I'm just saying. It's not worth it. No. But yeah, on that note, I think we need to end the call end to this. Yes. So, once again, thank you for watching. I'm Seth Rand. Yes, yes. And we'll see you in a fortnight. Yeah. So, until then, guys, see you then.